Hello, and welcome to Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We are going to hear stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine, here. Today, we're going to talk about clinical skills. So I took a survey of a lot of social workers, right? So uh, what I do every year for the podcast is I'll survey my audience around what you like, what you don't like, what I should change, what you want more of. And what I heard, heard overwhelmingly from over 75 social workers is that you are struggling in a couple different areas. One, you need more income. We need more money. We're feeling broke. We can't afford some new shoes and lattes like we want to, right? So a major concern for you is income. And next, directly following that was self-care and balance in your life. So we're feeling broke and we're also feeling like we don't have a lot of time or resources for self-care. And then additionally, that we're dealing with imposter syndrome and we feel like we need more clinical training. So if that is you, my friend, you are in the right place because this is what we're going to be focusing on in 2024 here on the Social Workers Rise podcast. And on Thursdays, this is going to be new. This is going to be our clinical Thursdays because what you told me that you needed that's going to be most helpful is working on these clinical skills. So by examining different clinical skills related to the work that we do as social workers, working directly with clients, that's going to help. One, I'm going to help you reframe these skills in ways that you can communicate your value to your employer, to people that you go on interviews with. Additionally, with these clinical skills, you're going to feel more confident and you're going to be able to communicate and trust your clinical judgment. So that imposter syndrome or that feeling that you don't know what you're doing, like you don't belong there, that will hopefully go down, right? That's the plan. And then just clinical training, right? So you can, I hope that you choose to, to listen to these episodes I'm, my goal is to keep them relatively short, like 10, 15 minutes each week on Thursdays. And then on, on the other side of the week, probably Sundays, is the episode that are going to be a little bit longer where we talk about topics more in depth, where we interview social workers in different career fields. This is episode 149. So there are a, like so many episodes that you can go back and listen to right now, get caught up on the ones that sound really interesting for you, or just binge listen to all 148 episodes up until this one. Um, either way, whatever works best for you, that is what I want for you. So today, oh, also, if you don't know who I am, <laughs> my name is Catherine Moore. And I've been a licensed clinical social worker since 2009. I have my BSW, my MSW. I am currently a therapist right now. So I've been around the block. I've been around the social work block. 
And my goal for you and for this episode is to learn some things and also to be entertained because I hate learning about things that are really interesting, but also feeling like I'm going to fall asleep. So my goal for this podcast is to entertain you and to get you excited about social work because this is a pretty amazing field and I totally geek out on social work topics. So I am glad that you are here with me to also geek out with me. Lastly, if you want some social work resources, I have an email list. The link is in the show notes. Click on that link. Just put your name and email, and that way I can send you resources. I can send you an assessment cheat sheet right away. I can get you updates on the podcast and what's going on. I can send you updates on events that are coming up, discounts, courses, all sorts of fun stuff in there. It's going to be an email that you actually want to read every week. So I'm not promising every week because sometimes I get busy, but I try. I do my best over here. (laughs) So let's hop into this. The subject for today is how do we build rapport fast? Because in social work, we're going to be encountering a lot of people who maybe they don't really want to talk to us. A lot of them probably are resistant to the word social worker. A lot of them are going through a really, really difficult situation. And us being a social worker, it's not us personally that they don't like. It's what we represent, right? So we're representing that they are in a place that they don't want to be. And by us being there, it can kind of make it more real, right? So I had a, a time where I worked in a senior um, with older adults in an apartment complex, and there was a woman there who had been living there in the apartment complex for many, many years, like 20 years she was living there. And it got to the point where we started to see behavioral changes that were very concerning for her safety. So she would get lost. She'd be wandering around the complex and not really recognizing people or recognizing her neighbors. She would leave the stove on and set off the smoke alarms. She would uh, be very agitated in the afternoon. And we saw all these signs, myself and my teammate, and we started to get really concerned and talk to the adult daughter. And the adult daughter was not happy with us, right? Because the adult daughter was just in her words, just too busy to be worrying about this. And she didn't appreciate our call. She didn't appreciate the updates. If we had something happen, like a safety concern, I mean, we had to call her and it got to the point where we had to have a meeting with her and say, look, we're not sure that, you know, your mom is not safe to live on her own. And we need to start talking about what are her next steps. And oh my gosh, let me tell you, She lost it on me. And I was so bewildered, confused, kind of hurt because I had been talking to her for a long time and I wasn't expecting her to just go off on me. And I processed this with my clinical supervisor and she helped my supervisor help me understand that it's not me personally. She's not mad at me at Catherine, right? Like, other clients, they're not mad at you as a person. They're mad at what you represent, at the things that you are uncovering, the 
the things that have been left in the shadows for so long and now we're shining a light on them, the things that have been swept under the rug and now we're shaking out that rug and say, hey, it's like way too dirty in here, right? People don't like that. And it's not your fault, right? So there's gonna be people who are not happy to see you, who are resistant to seeing you, but we still need to work with them, right? That's what we're here for. We're here to help them in any way that we can. And to do that, we really need to build that rapport fast. I had another client who she had spoken to therapists in the past, but she really didn't want to talk to a therapist now. She just didn't feel emotionally ready. She felt that she just kind of wanted to keep to herself and she hadn't had time to process her emotions. And she really didn't want to talk to me. I was like, okay, you know, I respect that. I'm not going to force you to talk to me. But it just told me that, okay, what I need to focus on with this person is building rapport fast, right? So with the first one, I had that rapport built over a long period of time. But still, when things go awry, when there's an argument, when there's something that changes, we got to keep that rapport, right? And we got to know, okay, things have gone sideways. How do we get this rapport back? How do we, how do we redirect this? And for the new people, the new client, all right, how do I show this person or how do I create a safe space so that this person feels comfortable opening up in their own time, right? All of this is called the therapeutic alliance. So the therapeutic alliance is basically the quality of of our relationship with them, right? It is a collaborative, trusting relationship between a therapist, that's you, and the client, right? And I use therapist and social worker interchangeably because we, you know, we're doing a lot of uh, individual work, right? So the therapeutic alliance is also, can also be referred to as the working alliance, and it provides the foundation for successful therapy. And without this alliance, without this building of rapport, therapeutic process is going to be, therapeutic progress is going to be difficult, if not impossible. And studies after studies have shown that the quality of this initial alliance, this therapeutic alliance, was more predictive of a positive outcome than any type of intervention that you use. So no matter what you choose to do, if you're doing CBT, DBT, ACT, any of these things, it doesn't matter. It's not going to have that much of an impact if they don't trust you and feel comfortable around you. So there's five essential pieces that we need to have in order to build a therapeutic alliance or to kind of refocus back on that therapeutic alliance if we have, if we've, if things have kind of gone sideways, right? And these are going to be, one is empathy. So let the person know like, hey, this is what I'm hearing from you. Like, I get it. This is scary. This is overwhelming. This is, um, not what you need right now. I understand that you're you're really busy, but I also have to understand that you love your mom and this is really, really hard for you, right? Empathy, right? 
showing respect, respecting them that they are the expert on their lives, right? So I can't force you to talk about things because I respect that you know yourself, that you know what it is that you're ready for, that you know, you know, what it is that you need, right? Being genuine. And this can be hard because a lot of times as professionals, we want to come off as like the all-knowing, oh, I'm the professional, blah, 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 or not show our personality because we want to be, you know, quote, professional. Uh, But being genuine and being a human first before a social worker, before a therapist, being human first is going to go a very, very long way. And, you know, letting them know that you also aren't perfect. You don't have all the answers, but that's okay because we're going to figure it out. And we're able to problem solve with them. And we're able to say like, this really sucks. Let's figure this out. Right? And the the fourth one is going to be unconditional positive regard. So no matter what, we're still going to be here for them. Right? And this is so powerful because a lot of times people have been through a lot of stuff in their life and their family members, their friends, their loved ones, maybe they've gone away. They've abandoned them. Maybe our client has burned the bridges. Maybe people just say, throw up their hands and say, I don't know what to do. And they leave. Right. But as social workers, we're not doing that. No matter what, no matter how many times they mess up, we're still going to be there. We're still going to call them. So that unconditional positive regard that, hey, we are going to be here for you no matter what happens. Let's just try to work this out together. Let's just come to an understanding, you know, what it is that we need. How do we go forward, right? And active listening is the fifth one. So really listening to what they're saying. Don't be distracted. And I hate that concept of of doing, uh, what do they call it, parallel documentation, where you're taking notes and documentation during the visit. Uh, If it's not done correctly, then it can be really detrimental to establishing this therapeutic alliance. So active listening is extremely important. So those are the five aspects to um, building the therapeutic alliance, why it's so important. If you want to learn more about how do we do this, how specifically are we doing the assessments, how specifically are we documenting, even if, if we do need to do the uh, congruent documentation, right, or documenting with the client or documenting after. I cover all of these foundational skills in the course, The Clinical Essentials for the Future Therapist. The link to this course is in the show notes. Tap that link and see if this is a good fit for you. See if you don't, if you need more support and training around documentation, assessment, using CBT, using mindfulness, genograms, safety planning for suicide. All of these topics are covered in this amazing course. So go ahead and click that link if that's something that you think might be helpful for you. Otherwise, I will see you next week. And if this episode helped you at all, go ahead and text this to a friend, send this to a colleague, let them know, hey, check this out. I thought of you, thought it might be something that could be helpful. If you want more social work resources, Also, tap the link in the show notes to get on the email resource list. This is where I send out tips and tools and resources. 
that I think would be helpful for you as a new clinical social worker. So that is all that I have for you today. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe and text this episode to a friend. If you want more, there are a few ways we can get to know each other and work together. First, definitely subscribe to the Friday resource email list. The link is in the show notes. And that's where you can learn more about the courses I offer, including Clinical Essentials, for the future therapist, and the Pulse Basics for medical social workers. I'll also be sending out occasional tips and resources and other happenings within the social work industry. And for all your clinical supervision needs, be sure to visit risedirectory.com. This is a national directory of clinical supervisors for social workers, and we also provide free resources that you can use within your own clinical supervision. Lastly, if you have more individualized needs, I do offer coaching, individual consultations, and am available for public speaking engagements for social workers and change makers. Lastly, the boring legal stuff, but very important. The information in this podcast is not meant to be a supplement for therapy, professional advice, or clinical supervision. This content is provided as is solely for informational purposes. It is not legal, health, or safety advice. I am not advising you as a therapist. Organizations should engage their own experts to ensure any adoptive measures are compliant with applicable laws and standards in their jurisdictions. The opinions expressed by individuals or organizations are their own and do not reflect the views or opinions of Social Workers Rise or Catherine Moore. References to specific products or organizations do not constitute any endorsement or recommendations by Social Workers Rise.